Welcome to Britpop Banter, my name is Kevin And I'm Leslie How you doing? This is nice Yeah, I'm good actually um, A bit rough from last night, do you? Yeah, a little bit, had a work event, won, won an award Won some awards, congratulations um, So, uh, yeah, in the limelight again <laughs> It's where I belong <laughs> Feels natural <laughs> It's a good fit, it's a good fit Oh. Suits some people, doesn't suit others. I saw there was a lot of other individuals in the photo with the award. What were they? Just just hangers on? Yeah. Okay, yeah. cool. Cool. No, they're my very excellent uh, colleagues. They have, you have to say that because they listen to the podcast. Um, <laughs> no, I don't. It's a great team. It was a team effort, but it I was. enjoyed being uh, a winner. Yeah, congratulations. Because I am a winner. Being a Dundee United fan, you don't get it often. Mm. Take what Top you of can. the league. I know. Unbeaten. Take, yeah, I know. I just I saw the, the unbeaten. Eventually, maybe you'll get back into to FIFA the game. All right. So we are at episode thirty-five, big one, seventeen. The Blue Tones expecting to fly. Oh no. Uh, yeah, an interesting one, right? Because I expected a bit of a. <sighs> I expected a bit of anger. When they saw the placing of this, but so far feedback's actually been oh, on the money. We've seen a few should be top ten. What you playing at? Ah, uh, yeah, and that's uh, look. This will be a controversial episode for reasons that we'll get into a little bit later. Uh, Twitter and Facebook, we're at Britpop Banter. Email us at Britpop Banter at Gmail. Any questions, feedback, thoughts? If you've got anything you want us to listen to, and send us your new bands in terms of new stuff that they've got. If you want us to play, all views expressed on this podcast are one hundred percent our own. And while we poke fun at some bands and artists, we appreciate their talent and sacrifice to create these albums. Seahorses do it yourself as last week. Yeah. What do you reckon? So, listened to it back, and then, you know, love the song, love the song, love the song. Then it's kind of like, has it aged well? Mm, don't know, it was a tough one. We kind of, I feel like I started in one space and ended on the other. Yeah, okay. Went from okay, but I feel okay. With, I feel okay with that because, um, well, the good news is that you're going to read out some Britpop one-liners on the seahorses, mm. and we got smashed with them. So it's awesome. So there's a lots of varying degrees. They're of, polarizing, aren't they? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. So and I don't I'll, know how a band so beige could be polarizing. <laughs> I don't mean beige in a bad way, but it's not like that was right. So I remember, like, they're not, um, they don't do anything radical. They don't have this, mm. they don't really push the boundaries. Okay. So I don't understand why people are so. I think probably people are. Poor man, Stone Roses. Yeah, well, I mean, that came through. Can it, can through. it, it that came... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll get into the one liners and you can talk about that. Lots of stuff to get through this week. First of all, do you want to talk about the big news of the tickets that we bought this week? And how- <gasps> yeah, um, I need to tell you the story. So, obviously, we're booking the tickets. To and see. Then, um, <laughs> just hold on. Oh, is it a... You've got a... Liam Gallagher. <laughs> <laughs> In a small town 
outside Sydney. Makes no sense. So, yeah, he's playing at a festival in, um, in a place called Berry, which is down in, in New South Wales, and it is literally tiny. It's a, it's a small tiny. village. It's not even a town. One street of maybe four shops, and Liam's there. With some, with some other, like Meg Mac, uh, the DMAs, there's some other good bands, but Liam... Dope Melon? Yeah. Out, Lemon? Out, 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 Melon? <laughs> out of nowhere, just get this notification, Liam Gallagher playing at this festival. I'm like, what? Amazing. Got the tickets. We've rented a beach house. We've rented a beach We're house. We're going. So then, at my work, we get what's called an engagement day, and you can use that. For any reason that might be close to your heart. No. So I was booking fully the beach paid. House, Fully paid. I rang my boss. Uh, just a quick one. How loose is the engagement um, date? And I said, you know how I do the podcast in Britpop? Yeah. yeah. You know how I'm a massive Oasis fan? Yeah. yeah. Do you know who Liam Gallagher is? Nah. Well, <laughs> he's an Oasis because she's American. Um, so uh, our friend Kev, um, friend Roxanne, we're all going to go down. We're going to rent a house. Mm-hmm. And um, we're going to go and see him because he's actually playing in Berry. So can I take my engagement day? And she's like, I couldn't think of a better way to spend it. Yeah, go off, get off the phone and book it. Oh, wow. How amazing is that? So you're not even taking annual, you're getting paid to be there. Brilliant. How good is that? That's pretty good. Yeah. Uh, so, pretty exciting. Now, it's really funny how it worked out as well, because we had no support in you 2 which you were, you were on the fence, off on, off on. I regret it now. You could have seen the two of them within a month of each other. It's crazy. They're both going to be here. Mental. Regret the, the U2 one. I don't care. That's fine. But it's weird because you don't, you're not digging his new stuff. So how? Yeah, that's true. That's really annoying, that song. <laughs> All right, so we got Liam Gallagher in November, which I'm excited about. We got a review. Would you like oh, another review? Yes, please. Great podcast, five out of five. I thoroughly enjoyed this pod- podcast. That's last tense. And I'm so glad it exists. That's lovely. Oh. Captures that initial rush of euphoria at the highs of Britpop, i.e. Blur versus Oasis, and that feeling of being in the right place at the right time. The ritual listening to a single's first airing on the radio, the glory of B-sides, and being in the know about new bands. I like the insight and playful humour between the two hosts. It brings back fond memories of the time when you felt part of something big, something vital, and something cool. That's from Erica, Erica. in Canada. Thank you, Erica in Canada. How lovely is that? That's amazing. That's I really, love that. That's really, really nice, actually. Um, and it sort of brings us into the next piece. That we were on the BBC? Yeah, we were. I can't even remember what episode that was where we actually literally paused it to talk to James. To yeah, do that the feels a long time feels ago. It feels ages ago where we paused it and we were so excited. And then literally months later we were on the BBC with Cast I know. and Ash... I'm like, this is incredible. Well, I hope Ash don't go listen to it. <laughs> you, you hope Ash don't come over here. Um, so that was pretty cool. That I, was amazing. I know. I sent it to everyone. Oh, did you? Yeah, because, well, when I, limelight. You did get your line in about Justin Bieber, which um, I thought was... was... <laughs> so true. We've it been is. through this. We're not going to have. How do you feel about the moniker of being a Britpop expert? Um, that's a big call. That's big. That's big shoes to fill. Okay. That's that weighs heavy. It does. Weighs heavy. Heavy as the crown. Um, I'm going to say that I'm not. <laughs> it's as simple as that. I I I I think it's extremely nice that he he referred to us in that way and extremely kind. I'll take it. I'm not. 
You more so than me. Uh, I don't think I'm an expert either, nah. to be quite honest. Well, do you know what it is? And somebody asked me today, because I was talking about it, and I said, oh, you know, expert. And the thing is, you don't have to be, like, a complete anorak who can go mastermind and answer every single question about Britpop. What we do is we've lived in it. We have. And we love it, and we've got stories about it, and we're passionate about it. And so, you know, we probably do have something to say about it, hence why people listen to this podcast. Yeah, okay. Would I be able to write a... Thesis? Probably not. I reckon you could. Well, I probably would. (laughs) Um, Or a book. But there's a lot of things that we do know, probably more than... I think we found out a lot. If and we have, and I think at the beginning, you know, people were up in arms about certain bands and blah blah blah. Yeah, yeah. Now there, I don't go into all that. I don't know every single obscure Britpop band that may have actually released one song that no one actually listened to. And you don't have a stack of every single enemy in your cupboard. No, but I have a real passion for it and a love for it, and I think it's fun and it brings back memories. And we know enough about the bands that most people. Because if you listen to the series that he, well, the episode that he had, there was a lot of bands there when people would have got up in arms about. Oh yeah, the, the yeah, you're right. And the so, hardcore Britpop fanatics. And this he is played it, right? some of the songs that people wouldn't have necessarily tagged in. This is the thing, but I think the average person, when they think about Britpop, think about what we cover. Yeah, okay. And that's what I tried to say at the very beginning. Yes. Which this is not the Anorak's Guide to Britpop. From the mar- month of March to November 93 to blah. No. It's not. No. Um, and we never ever claimed it. No. We, we, we write it. In the very first episode we said that we weren't. We say it in the episode. We yeah. do disclaimers. We write it in the little blurb if you look for the podcast. Yeah. We couldn't have made it more clear. Yeah. So we're not trying to pretend. What we are, though, are we are, I think, pretty knowledgeable on the bands that we talk about. Yeah, okay. And so, and if not, we do our very best to try and cover it. Yes. Yeah. Okay. I'm not going to know the colour of the pants that Mark Morris wore to bloody someone record does. this album. Yeah, someone does. They might. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> but the point is, I feel like I could have a pretty in-depth conversation about the Blue Tones to the average person. Yes, you could. That's good. And a lot of the stuff I I find out that I got, I didn't know that, and that makes me think that other people don't know it as well. So. Um, to fill in the blanks, refresh people's memory, and just have a laugh while we do it. So we're clocking up the downloads. We're about to get ready for a cheese platter, which I'm so oh, lovely, so excited about. Brie uh, or camembert? Brie? Yeah. I haven't had that in ages. Brie? Any? I fan- could live on it. Any fancy cheese? I could live on brie. You, what do you mean you could live on brie? How could you live on brie? Because I could literally just eat that all day every day. Really? Brie. Oh. I, do you know what, it's a bit... Turkey, brie and cranberry sandwich. It's a bit boring, don't you think, brie? <sighs> you get a good one. <laughs> Riveting. Triple cream. That's why people come to us. It's not for the Britpop, it's for conversations like that around cheese. Like it with a bit of ash. You know when you get the ash? No. Ash brie. I don't know what that oh, is. Right. Well, well, maybe I can have that on my cheese platter. I can't wait. Not a fan of blue cheese. Can we move off cheese? Right. right. Um, I had some homework to do top intros. What? You ready? I know you're going to say, I know there's one that you think that I missed, and I know what you're going to say, and I'm going to tell you why it's not on my list. Okay. I have done my, some of my least favourite songs, which is next week. 
All right. You know how you did your top 10? Mm-hmm. My top 10's coming. It's, it's got something in there that will piss you right off. Ready? Okay, top intros. My favourite. Manson, Tack the Grey Lantern, the Chad who loved me. That is my favourite intro to a Britpop album ever. Beautiful violin streaking in and then the slow strum of the guitar. Doesn't fit my criteria. It's not a punch in the face. but It's, it's a more be- like a tickle. <laughs> With a feather. Hats, punch to the face. Oasis, Salt Sog, effing in the bushes. Awful. See, this, I've, this is why I want to talk about this, right? That, to me... So I have, I have a soft spot. It's not spot. even a song. I have a soft spot to that album, right? That intro... That is literally your definition of a punch to the face. But I feel like that's an intro, not a song. It's like a wee thing at the beginning. It's an instrumental. Yeah, nah. With a voiceover over nah, it. Nah. Doesn't get you raring for the rest of the album. Not really. Would you skip it? Yeah, it's annoying. <laughs> Next. No way! Straight into Little James a bit. <laughs> I'm really not a fan of that. <laughs> Alright, the verb, Urban Hymns, Bittersweet Symphony. I knew you'd say this. Can I just please explain? I have no idea why this wasn't on yours. I'll tell you why. And I knew you were going to mention it. And I knew that's why you didn't mention it last week. Because I knew it was the one that was glaringly obvious. So obvious. Because it's the most overplayed song and it's ruined it. So I, when I listen to Urban Hymns, I skip it. Whoa! Because of that. So yes, it fits my criteria. And when I first bought that album, it certainly would have been on the list. Yeah, okay. But I won't. I skip it now. Because it's so over. It's just so over. And it's a shame. I still love it as a song. And if I haven't heard it for a wee while, it's okay. But I couldn't put it on the list it's because I'd get, be lying. It's probably going to get hammered now so that Ashcroft gets all the money now for it. So, why? Overplayed how? Where are you hearing this? Everything. Song? Movies, TV shows, adverts. If anyone talks about Britpop, they play that song. If everybody, I don't know, it's everywhere. Okay. Shops. Okay. I don't know. Ubers. I'll give you three examples of a band who nailed intros Radiohead. They got it right. So Planet Telex, nah. Airbag, and Everything in Its Right Place. Brilliant intro songs. They nailed it. No? Nah. Well, this is going well. Yeah. Uh, Tender by Blur off the album 13. It's not. What? <laughs> it's not fitting my criteria at all. <laughs> that's not a punch in the face. That's more like a wee... I, I'm not saying it needs to be a punch. Okay. That's not my definition. I like an album to sort of sl- start off slow, ease me in, and then build up into a nice little number. Supergrass, In It For The Money. Great intro. The minute you hear that, I'm all in. I thought about that, but nah. This one's a weird one. Mannix, Elvis Impersonator. See, no, no. Oh, what do you mean no, no? That's a great intro. I nah. love it. It's just nah. so different. and I love it. Okay, well, that's a big fail. Blue Tones, Tone Blues and Unpainted Arizona. Thought about that, but no. Because it's actually technically two songs in yeah, one. Yeah, and that's what, yeah. Paul Weller, Sunflower. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's beautiful. <laughs> Wasn't on your list, though. No, I thought it was, I had changed, I think the Change of Man's more of a... Okay. Last one, Gomez, Get Miles. <sighs> Nah, you've not done that. You've not done that. <laughs> I'd give you a D minus for that. No, mine's just, that's what I'm saying. It's just very, very different to yours. All right, moving on. Do you want to know my homework? What was yours? The best guitar solos of all 
time. Sitar or guitar? Well, the guitar. <laughs> Best guitar solos of all time. I can't believe you did this. Yeah, I am you told so. Me to. Yeah, I'm so. Okay, this would this would have been really hard. So hard. And to get it to ten, there's I could easily do twenty. Okay. N- no particular order. Number one, Stairway to Heaven, Led Zeppelin. Yeah, okay. Number two, November Rain, Guns N' Roses. Is this, uh, are these yours? Yeah, these mine. Are, okay. They're a bit generic so far, keep going. Number three, Sweet Child of Mine, Guns N' Roses. Keep going. Number four, Slide Away, Oasis. Okay. Number five, Fade to Black, Metallica. Oh yeah, okay. Six, this is really going to spin you out. Animal Nitrate, Suede. What? It's amazing. Beautiful guitar. Seven. I'll pay that. Well all done. Along the Watchtower, okay. Jimi Hendrix. Wow. Eight, Gimme Shelter, Rolling Stones. Okay. Nine, I Am the Resurrection, Stone Roses. Ten, Hotel California, The Eagles. <sighs> there are so many. My guitar, my guitar gently weeps. That was, could have been on there. There could have been another. Like it was hard. Mm-hmm. Okay. And the thing is, I know there's not a lot of Britpop there, but oh, you think to an Oasis and the Roses. And I, good. but I and generally do. And, and, yeah, but I honestly, and I know they sound generic, but tell me a better guitar solo than November Rain. Mm. Yeah. It's amazing and sweet child of mine. We need the listeners. We need guitar solos. All right, we'll put it out. We'll get some feedback. What else? What else did we miss from the list? Well done. Good on you. I'm yeah, not going to do that. You can. All on the Watchtower is amazing. Give me shelter. I think I thought people might be like, mm. but I love it. I think it's amazing. Okay, cool. Thank you for doing and that. And that's one of my favourite songs, actually. Give me shelter. So next week, my top ten worst songs. Can't wait for that. All right. Oh, I've got a board to pick with you. So, um, oh, <laughs> you were so busted. So I was working from home yesterday, <coughs> and normally when I'm on Spotify, it's on a mobile device. However, because I've got my nice speakers there, yeah. I listen to Spotify through my desktop. Yeah. So when you put Spotify up, if you're following people, it tells you down the side what they're listening I to. I didn't realise you, you could see that. Also tells you if they've where it was at two hours ago, and then if there's the little sort of volume sign and it's flashing, it means they're actually listening <laughs> right now. So I glance over. Kevin Dodd, Lazarus, the Bullerogans, <laughs> la- listening to it currently. I took a picture of that. Text you. What are you doing? We're not. It's not even homework. What are you listening to it for? And then you gave me some lame excuse that I don't buy it for a minute. I was doing research. I told you. I was doing research. (laughs) Lazarus is a good song and I quite liked it. Absolutely busted. I was doing some research on something else and I saw the song and I went, I'll whack that on. Did you see the speaker flashing for very long? I dare say it was until the trumpets kicked in, which is about a minute in. Boom, gone. I'm out. Because that is literally the best part of the song. Did you see what I was listening to yesterday? No, I didn't want to. I thought it might upset me too much. I listened to pretty much Marilyn Manson all afternoon yesterday. I was like, just so productive. Were you angry? No, just... Do you want to talk about it? I will eventually get you to listen to some Marilyn Manson. We'll do like a challenge or something like that. 
We got a challenge for next week, which I'm not sure you've seen. I have. Oh, it's up, Eltar. <laughs> I'm not doing it. You are. We said we'd do it. We said we're I open and we're not dismissive. Is your words? <laughs> so we're going to do it. So we're going to take on the challenge, which we'll talk about next week. Okay. Let's talk about Gene. Oh no. Now we've been talking about the Gallagher brothers for a while. Whew. Gene is. Uh, this is hectic. Hectic. So let me explain to you what happened. Right. So Martin Roster, the lead singer of, of Gene, has been teasing on, on social media us that an, an announcement is going to come. And he's been playing it over the last couple of weeks uh, with little images of what we found out to be as the poster um, for his event. Essentially what he's doing, he's doing a one-off gig, right, at the O2. And the, the tagline is, Martin, like his name in big writing, Martin Rosser, um, and then playing songs from Gene... And his solo work. Okay? So, everyone's really excited, wondering how to get tickets, all this sort of thing. But on the flip side, all the Gene social media is quiet. It's only the um, Martin Roster piece that's actually talking about it. So it's very weird. So I'm like, ah, something, why are Gene not promoting it? They're not promoting it because they weren't told about it. Oh, no. So, what I want you, what I'm going to do, and this get comfy. I want to read the statement that Gene wrote because it's super interesting um, and I want to get your take on it. Sure. Okay? It's not on Twitter because it's too long. They put it on their, fo- their Facebook so people may have missed this. So this is from Gene's official Facebook and it opens with a statement from Matt, Steve and Kev they would like to share. Following Martin's teasing on social media, an eventual announcement yesterday, a number of Gene fans and associated industry people who have worked with Gene have contacted us for clarification on what is going on. Unfortunately, we only knew what Martin has announced, as he did not see, fee- not see fit to let any of us know what he was planning. For someone usually so articulate, it seems he was a little lost for, lost for words in communicating something that he, of course, knew would, would be deeply hurtful for the other band members. That's, that's tough, right? Yeah, yeah. Until this moment, we would, we would have been open to stand up with Martin again and play our, brackets, co-written songs... We all genuinely wished him well with his solo career and respected his decision to call time on his involvement when he did. We are now all very saddened, brackets, for Martin and our own memories of the band to hear that our songs and musical parts will be performed by other musicians in this context. If it was a couple of sets in a set played with a band and drawing from a wide range of solo material, we would have no issue. However, as Martin has only released one solo LP since we split in 2004, it seems clear that Lion's share of his two-hour show will have to be mm-hmm. filled with karaoke versions of Gene's songs. <clears throat> okay, almost there, halfway. For someone who prides himself as a man on the left, this also seems a strangely capitalist move. Good old politics, Les. I love that bit. To clarify, despite the poster leading with his name, it looks to us that Martin has found a way to do Gene including trading in brackets the show concept and logo are clearly stated without having to cut the other members in we therefore feel that we should make it clear to ticket buyers that if you thought that the band were okay with this and had our blessing we are not and it doesn't it's perfectly legal but really not a very nice move by martin especially with his lack of pre-announcement courtesy of course with everyone of course everyone will have their own take on the credibility on the idea we hope that if Martin has any respect for the other members of June, he will ha- Gene, he will have a rethink about how to finish his career. We all stand by 100% what we created together, but this tarnishes it. 
On the hottest day of the year, we were chilled to the bone. Oh. Matt, Steve and Kev. All right, Les. What's your thoughts? Is Okay. So, is Can I this... give you an analogy? Oh, an... okay. All right, go. So, we do this yeah. podcast. Okay. Right? So, just imagine we've put um, ideas into it, heart and soul into it. Yeah. We play different roles, but we both really passionate about it. It's something that we've done together we that means contribute. something to us. Yep. We contribute to it. Then you don't tell me, and then you decide to go off and do Britpop Banter Season 2, and I'm nowhere to be seen. About that, Les. No. <laughs> but okay, I see. Good, really good example. And the fact is that they were obviously really close, and I think to. And their music is, we've talked about it in the episode. It's pretty emotional and it's pretty stunning stuff. So I can imagine they went through a bit of a journey as a band together to write songs Mm -hmm. such as that. Yeah. To then have that person who probably meant that much to you and you've gone on that artistic journey with someone. Yeah. For something that you're really passionate about. Now, I'm not saying that this podcast is anywhere near as good as a Gene album. (laughs) But my point is when you care about something that much and you're invested in it, and you do it with somebody that you think you care about or a band people you care about and they turn around and they do that I don't know I think that's oh. it's cold right I'd be gutted I'd, I, yeah and at first like I, I didn't sort of pick up on it at first I was like oh man I wish I was in the UK that'd be great to see Gene again and then you go wait a minute and then you see this and you go actually that's that's real people That's that's got to be really hurting so I I totally How does he get How is he able to do it? Yeah And that's the thing They comment in there That it's legal to do this To put Gene The logo up there And play the songs And so I don't know I'm really curious but Maybe it's the same way That Liam and Noel Can sing Oasis songs I don't know I'm not I don't know But It's It's the, It's really funny Watching the, the comments Because the comments Have turned into Oh my god Best thing ever yeah. Can't mm-hmm. wait They're reforming Two now, oh my god, I can't. This isn't the gene I want to remember. No, nope. this isn't the gene. Like you ended on such a such a great note. It was really personal to me, and this feels like a feels like something totally different. And they've got a point, right? Because I talked about him and his politics on the episode. Yes, he's such a left wing socialist. We should all be in it together. Type of headspace mm-hmm. to go and do that is yep. very very out of character, or goes against what he preaches. Okay. So I find that a bit weird. And the other thing is, is, is I listen to his solo album, and it's 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 a nice piece of music, but it's literally just him and a piano. Oh, it's God. not Gene, right? So I think the band are actually spot on. You're not going to yeah, sit. They're not. You're not going to sit through two hours no. of his solo material because it's be quite bleak. You want Gene. You expect Gene. So I don't know. It's it's. I don't know. Not good. Be interesting yeah, to see really how this plays. Because what this is what I've always wondered about bands, right? So this has made me think. When you think of a band, mm-hmm. happens with all of them, mm-hmm. who do you think of? You think of the lead singer. Mm-hmm. Always. Mm-hmm. Poor rhythm guitarist or bass guitarist, nobody knows who their person's name is. But to be fair, without them, there's still no music and there's no band. Correct. And so it's just completely shows his actual lack of respect for the other musicians in that band. Mm. And a bit arrogant to think that he is just Gene. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, though... If you were to ask majority of people, namely the, what are the four members of Gene called, yeah. they'll tell you Martin. Yeah. And then they'll go to 
And I always feel for the other members of a band. Because you'd have to be pretty used to not being in the limelight. Yeah. Well, he was a very outspoken but it, Just think of any well. of them. Think of all the bands we've covered. Yeah. Who... The attention usually like goes Travis. to Like Travis. Yeah. Name me another person in Travis. Yeah, right. I see your point. Okay. Name me another person in Blue Tones. Stop it. I see your point. Right. Name me another... Right. I Name see, me another I see person you're going. in Supergrass. I see where you're going. And, and so... But that's just how it goes. Yeah. Because that's what the media want. That's what people want. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And how it feels to be the bass guitarist in a really popular band. And all you ever see in the is the lead singer. Yeah, okay. I see your point. And then it's... Wait, 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 and now he goes and does that and makes it even worse. It's, yeah. So I'm just... I'm really... And the reason why I called it out is because I'm just really interested to see how this goes. Because, I don't know. Do you... Is there an advertising piece there around misleading advertising? I mean, I don't know. I don't, but apparently it's all legal. Anyway, should we move on? What do you think about it? I, I question, right, and this is really... Uh, do I want to see it? Uh, would I buy a ticket, right? Uh, there's 50% of me that goes, don't do it because the band's getting screwed over. That's not fair, and I think it's misleading. And then the second part of it, I'd love to see... I never got to see Gene. But so you I'd wouldn't like be see seeing Gene. And that's the piece. And I didn't like his solo stuff. So I'm caught. I'm really caught. I think, I, I don't know. Depends. How much is it? <laughs> but if he... Tight. But if he, if he really wanted to do it, I think that what gets me is the lack of communication with the band. Yeah, exactly. Wouldn't you have reached out and said you're going to do it? Or you would like to do it? Are they interested? Unless... Well, why wouldn't he just ask them if they want to do it? Is a band and they all can benefit. Yeah. Go look. I'm thinking. Obviously, the breakup wasn't amicable. Something's happened. Something yeah, but still happened. just give them the courtesy of asking a question. Yeah. Okay. All right, let's move on. Let's find out what happens next week. Song of the week, Les. No jingle. Give me your jingle. Song of the week. Song of the week. Song of the week. <laughs> it's really good. Thanks. When I get some time, I'll, I'll have a dabble. To be honest, I was saying about this. Why don't you do it? I've done you've, it. You've got the tools. You can, you can do. Yeah, but I've just done. No, but you can do the remix. You but, can do. I don't think anybody needs that with them or that. This is the real thing. <laughs> All right, okay. Radio edit. Song of the week, band called Roadside. New band to me and you. The song is still alive, from the new album. I don't know what it is, but literally this album just came out. Like it came out in August, so it's brand new. Out uh, of the press, out of the press, out of the press. <laughs> So who are they? Roadside are a four-piece band from Plymouth and Devon, formed in 2008, dedicated to writing, recording and performing gigs for their own unmistakable brand of indie music. Um, So website roadsidetunes.com or at roadsidetunes.com. Here is Still Alive. Thoughts, funny little thoughts, running through my head, cutting through the frets, I feel inside. Preaching to my mind, not helping me find where to go to find my pride. Bye. 
thank you Roadside if you want to send us any new music all you have to do is pop it through to our inbox and we will play it I like that good I like it too actually and the album's really good so go and have a listen Roadside other homework Mercury Prize you've been looking forward to this all week and I have not given you one iota of how I feel about these albums good evening listeners <laughs> welcome to Britpop Banter's Mercury Music Prize I just like the segment that never ends recap <laughs> last week we had idols Joy is an Act of Resistance oh yeah they got a grand total of seven. Oh, that's not good is it Little Sims Great Area got a grand total of 16 and took the lead snatched it from Foles with half a point <laughs> This brings us on to this week, and we have Neo with the album Saturn, her second al- album following her debut album For All We Know, which was critically acclaimed in 2016. Thank God you didn't talk at the awards last night. And we also have Seed Ensemble with the album Drift Glass. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> right, can we go Neo first? Yeah, we can. Okay. So Neo with the album Saturn, as Les said, is their second album. She's an English songwriter and producer. What she is... studied jazz at the Guildford School of Music. You can sense it sometimes. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Uh, I was going to make a comment about Seed Ensemble, but I won't. Um, what's it sound like? What, how would you describe the sound? Um, it's kind of R&B. It's R&B? Yeah, it's R&B. Okay. Generally, how do you feel about R&B? It, um, depends. On who it is. Okay. Alright. I mean, sometimes I kind of like it. Okay. Enemy, 8 out of 10. This is an astronomical album filled with blessings. I get that, Saturn. Astronomical. With all the success of her debut, for all we know, Neo can reach the top 20 again and be nominated for more awards, which she did. Because Saturn is full of beautiful, intricately unique songs that could never be imitated. Like her, it's simply one of a kind. Sometimes Enemy just, it writes some great stuff. And then others, it's just absolute nonsense. So, I knew of her from the debut album. Yeah, you told me to listen to that song. Did Did you? How good is it? It's nice. Amazing. Okay. I think I prefer the debut album. (sighs) Contra... But I am a big, I am a fan of this album. Okay. So, um, but I don't really think there was a bad track on it. Okay. To be quite honest. I am exactly the same as you. I have nothing in the, I don't like this. There is a bad track on it. I just forgot. Love Supreme. Uh, no. Nah. I don't have that. I've, I've actually, that's all right. No, she does a song called, well, Saturn, with Quobs. Have you listened to him? No. He's amazing. Who's Quobbs? So he does a song called Wrong or Right. After this, I want you to listen to it. Okay. Wow. Really? Wow. What? And I keep looking up to see if he's going to release an album. Um, then he's done a song, um, is it Last Chance or Last... And it's stunning. Really? He's amazing. What type of music is he? Kind of R&B. Oh, okay. Um, but different. Um Driving Disconnect, I loved it. Driving with Disconnect. Driving with Disconnect. (laughs) Okay, so yeah, um, I love this album. You love it? Love it. Don't love it as much as Little Sims. Yeah. 
Do I love it as much as the Falls? Falls was an eight for you. It was a seven and a half. Oh, okay. I would say I would say yes. Is my gut seven out of ten? Oh. So I love it. Look, I think it's look. I love it. It was easy to listen to, right? And I think that's partly it, right? I didn't find it. There was nothing about the album that you could you could really dislike. I didn't like Love Supreme. It was a bit annoying, but I didn't have that. You know how I really had that feeling about Little Sims? Like, I loved it and I was so passionate and I, I didn't have that. No, I know. Um, I, I know how you feel. I certainly will listen to it again. Like, when I was working from home yesterday, if it's something on in the background, it's lovely. Yes. So, I, I'll definitely yes. do that. And I do actually think she's really talented. Yes. And I do love her other albums. So, I think, I really genuinely think she's talented. I don't think she'll win the real Mercury Music Prize. I don't know if she'll win ours. Um... But I would recommend anyone to go and listen to it because she's very talented. Okay. Ready to write this down this time. My rating. Yes. Okay, so... Firstly, R&B is not my thing. It's 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 not. Um, it's and <clears throat> But you used to love Boys to Men. Oh, don't even. Because you've got their album. No, I don't. Don't be silly. Yeah, you do. You like Boys to End Men. End of the road. Although we've come... To the end <laughs> of the road. Yeah, I'm the one. That? Yeah, yeah, I love you it. it all the time. Love it. Um, all right, so R&B is not my thing. Although I picking up from your point, this is nice music. Okay, um, I actually listened to it on the way home from work um, one day with my on my motorbike and my helmet. Right, because I'm like, I really want to give this album a go, and I find myself in the first couple of tracks really enjoying it. Yep. And then by the sort of middle of the album, I start to, to drift out of the album. Purely not because of, of Neo. She's a, an amazing singer and the music is lovely, but just R&B is not my thing. And so I start to drift out of the album. It doesn't, it doesn't hold my attention like a Little Sims. So yeah. for me, Leslie, 6 out of 10. It's all right. And I think you're right. If we were having some beers, put it on in the background, it'd be nice to, to have on. She's currently in third position. She's not going to win. So we've got Little Sims still. On to who is going to win. Seed Ensemble, Drift Glass. Who are they? Formed in early 2016. They are a 10-piece band led by alto saxophonist. Do you know what alto saxophonist? Alto. What's that mean? Yeah, it's the range. Okay. And composer Cassie Kenoshi. Okay. What do they sound like? Jazz. That's all I've got. Guardian, four out of five. For uh, Seed the, player, the players on this heartfelt and accomplished brew of African, Caribbean and urban dance grooves R&B and 60s blue note-ish ensemble harmonies are mostly young Londoners but they often sound like old souls and with roots in varied places like so many of the culturally, culturally sharp-eared newcomers currently revitalizing, revitalizing the UK jazz scene Driftglass composed composer Cassie Kenoshi also plays alto sax in the prize-winning jazz septet Naraya, an Afrobeat band Coco Rocco, and composes in many guises, but her 10-piece seed ensemble feels like her truest home. I massacred that. Right, so, can I have a pass? No. Please? No. Okay, can I tell you what I did, though? Mm-hmm. Phoned a friend. So, my mate Keegan, big jazz fan. And I thought... I mean, who's a jazz fan? Well, he's, he knows jazz. He's, he's, he's good with music and he knows jazz. He's the only person I know that actually likes jazz. 
So I went, I know, I know, phone a friend, mate, you know your jazz, can you tell me what you think of Seed Ensemble, right? I went, I don't want War and Peace, I just want one liner. So, Keegan, best track, Afronaut. Worst track, Stargaze number two, right? Which is funny when you get into mine. A decent fusion of hip-hop and Afro-space jazz that gets the tone right more often than not. The flow of the album could be better, however, it really nails it when it's at its best. Seven out of ten. Is that what he gave it? That's what he gave it. Does he know how ratings work? <laughs> Did he? <laughs> the higher the number, the better it is. Does he Seven know that? So for a jazz, jazz, a fashionado, like Keegan, I would say he is. Seven out of ten, right? He also thinks that Black Midi is going to win the Mercury Prize. So he wants to call it early and say that's who's going to take out the Mercury Prize. Now, we haven't done that one yet. Well, Are you... Do you want to go first? Can I hear what you say? Yeah. Go on then. Have you just given, like, one word? Yep. So okay. I don't like jazz. I'm clearly not smart enough to appreciate jazz. It's... Plinkety plonkety honky tonky noise for me that doesn't make sense. I don't get it. I'm sure they're very talented because it sounds like they're talented because it sounds like jazz. So a big tick for that. <laughs> sounds like um, talented. <laughs> there was a track on this album that I was a bit nervous about the name of it. Yes, intro track, right? That caused me some anxiety. Yep, okay. Um I hated it one out of ten. One out of ten? Is that your lowest rating ever? I can't stand it. Is that your latest? Yeah, it was just hideous. It's just not for me. They're obviously brilliant and blah, 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 blah. But I cannot understand jazz. Okay. I don't get it. Let me save you a bit, all right? So the first track is called Darkies. And it's okay for the first two minutes. And then it gets really annoying. The bah, 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 like it's it's just it's too much. Um, Afronaut I like with the singer Zana. I thought that was a really good song. I like Stargaze One and Two. You know why? Because they're about two minutes long, and they actually the the rhythms are actually okay. Um, it's a, I've put here. It's a great example of what jazz could be. Right. The Dreamkeeper is lovely. Too much. Right. That's it. And I've put that's the thing with jazz. Everything's got to be. One massive solo in jazz. Everyone has to have... There's This is your 60 minutes. Play what you want. And then you get the trumpet player going off on one. Losing track with the drums. Yeah, bass is out. And it just... I sort of go... Does everyone need to have a solo in a jazz song? It just... It's bizarre. I Same as you. I don't get jazz. I'd love to get jazz. Exactly, exactly what you've said. I'm not smart enough for jazz. I don't get it. Um, others, this album, I agree with Keegan to some extent. There are bits in this album where I go, quite like this. This is this is nice. This is this. I'm actually this is okay. And then literally it will change, and yeah. someone goes off on one, and it loses me completely. Um, Af- I've gone at times glorious, others annoying. Afronaut is a perfect example. So that track with Zana is absolutely stunning, and then it feels like an absolute cluster. Because everyone is just on top of each other. Everyone's at a rhythm and it just it loses it. So Keegan gave it a seven. It's a four. Okay. Because at times it, it is good. So they got a five. So that's just, the lowest. Even yeah, worse that's, than that, And that's nothing against them. It's just jazz. I don't. We yeah. don't get jazz and we're not a jazz podcast. So No. What have I got? 
So next week we've got Fontaine's DC with the album Dogrel and Black Midi hey. with Schlangenheim. Schlagenheim. Schlagenheim. Cool. Good. Yeah. Uh, Divine Comedy, right? You gave one out of ten. All right. So one out of ten for Divine Comedy and uh, these guys, Seed Ensemble. You have to pick an album, right? So which one out of the two? Is better or worse than the other? I listen to Seed Ensemble every day of the week. <laughs> that, in fact, actually, I'm going to give them one and a half. Because they need to... In fact, two. I'll give them two. One for effort, one for effort. Sorry. So it's two. Two out of ten, my bad. So they get a six. So now they're on a par with 975. That's fair enough. One for effort. Yeah, because that... Because that album for me isn't because it's rubbish. It's because I just can't... Under, I don't like it. I don't like jazz. I don't get it. It annoys me. Yeah. But they are actually very talented. Agree. That nonsense album <laughs> with Fred and George moving house or whatever it was. Yes. Like, awful. Awful. Like, there was nothing talented about that. Okay. So... Sorry, so two. We well talk done. about this next week. We, we're going to take on the Divine Comedy Challenge. Oh, who, who did that? Our boy Chris off the Soundtrack Podcast. We're going to do it. We're going to do it. I you really... You put it out there that you said, if anyone wants to change my mind, send me some tracks and I will listen to them and give you my honest opinion. And that's what someone said. Well, I lied. So we don't have to do it this week. Take a week off. Take a breather. Just ease you in into next I just week. want it done. You want to do it this week? Yeah. So next week we're going to come back with the Divine Comedy. Okay. All right. 12 tracks. Okay. I'm in. I'm all in this. Guilty pleasures. You're going to regret that, Chris. Tidal. No Angel. It was supposed to be the House of Pain, but... Tidal, No Angel. I forgot to give this a rating. What did you think about this? So... I actually brought back some wee memories because okay. I, I did have this album. Okay. Um, first three tracks I like because they're familiar. First track I like. I like. Um, it just goes on a bit. Yeah. And um, even Thank You's not as good as you first think. No. It agreed. didn't stand up either. I used to love that. Mm-hmm. Don't Think of Me is a great song. Yeah. That's a, that's a really, really good song. Here With Me. I all, love Here With Me. Yeah. All You Want, Slide, My Life. Take My Hand is excellent. Um, but I didn't. I, I sort of picked up on some songs that I didn't quite enjoy this time around. Um, Isabel, Worthless, which I think is on a special edition on Spotify, which I got and I was like, what the heck is this song? I, it, doesn't hold, uh, well, it, doesn't, it doesn't hold up as much as I thought it would. Still nice, still pleasant, but it doesn't hold up. What'd you give it? Oh, you haven't given it yet. Go on. What do you think of it? I reckon you're going to go a six. Oh no Maybe a six and a half Five Okay I'm going to go a six I'm not as harsh as you Again I, Yeah just Give it a five Okay alright It's not the worst You know It's easy It's not It's not bad I just went into it really With my high hopes And I went oh, What right. do you think about her as a singer? Oh Do you think that's not that Oh this, Fine not amazing. Fine. Well, what do we have the week before? Christina Aguilera? Oh, she's a great singer. She's a great singer. Okay, when you put it like that. What happened to Tidal? There was the next album and then... She did that. I love that song, White Flag. Yeah, that's on the next album. 
She's done a couple after it. Okay. You ready for next week's? Yep. It's from listener Tatsuya. Thank you so much for listening to us, mate. Um, we are going way back into the 90s. You haven't seen this one coming. And when he threw it, I was like, this is unbelievable. It is Shakespeare's sister. <laughs> oh my God, I hate them. Dude. You better hope and pray that you make it better in your own world. Stay with me. That's probably on this album because it's... I remember the video, she was scary with a bob and then she starts singing that really rampant bit and she comes crawling down the stairs. Oh. And the whole thing's freaky. You better hope and pray. Hormonally Yours is the name of the album. So we're going to do this. Is that song on that album? I would say it probably is. I don't know any others. Got to be honest, that's a good... Guilty pleasure, right? Yeah. That fits the, that fits the mantra. It really, really does. Nailed it. It's up there with shampoo, really. I mean, shampoo was up there. This really nails it. We just need to be careful. I'm not doing the same thing again. Because Shampoo, we found out that that was a special edition. That 18 songs that me and you listened to, the album was only 10. So we listened to an additional 8 songs by Shampoo. I'm not doing that again. I'm going to double check the original pressing of the album. All right. Thank you, Tatsuya. We will look to that. All right. Britpop One-Liners. Britpop Jungle. Nope. Really funny. Nope. Really funny. Nope. Really funny. Seahorses! I've had to make the print really small to fit them all on one page. Hmm. There's a lot. Here we go. Paul, one decent song. You didn't elaborate, Paul. What was the decent song? <laughs> ah. Maybe we should. Yeah, okay. Mark. Oh, I saw this. Made me laugh. Lay back and enjoy the ride. Oh, funny. Clever. Yeah, yeah. Clever. Almost f- famous. The seahorses saved up, served up one hell of a squire solo. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Martin, pity only one album. Agree. There's two, but you need to go looking for it. Aid preferred his first band. Aid's been very clever. Yeah. <laughs> Martin, the seahorses did nothing for me. Stone roses light. Mm-hmm. Ah, that's clever. Imran, an underrated classic. See the polarising? Oh, what See? Yeah, exactly. For ages I thought it was an underrated classic and then I'm not sure again. Oh, oh. Jill, everyone should catch a Chris Helm gig. Top bloke with an amazing voice. He does. He does. Absolutely. Very true. Andrew, two half-decent songs and I say half-decent because they're twice as long as they should be. <laughs> <laughs> David, couple of good songs but not the first band I think of when asked about that time. Fair point. Fair point. Graham, potential for greatness. Completely agree. Michael, proving Ian Brown was the talent in the roses. Ouch. Okay. Shaney, listening back now, Squire's guitar feels out of place in the band. That's... Mm. Get that? Mm. Carnaby Rob, John Squire was very hard to work with. That was what you had. Yes. Mm-hmm. Matt, a couple of good songs, made great by Squire's guitar. I do like this album, but it never felt like the seahorses were going anywhere. Like a rebound romance after a heavy breakup. It was fun while it lasted, but that is all. That's quite a good analogy. That's a great one, yeah. Rebound. Yeah. See, first love. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. An anagram of He Hates Roses. Talked about that. Um, that was Andy. Carl, release album two. Mm. Minus blue. Bit late, mate. Johnny, heavily hyped, let down. Oh. Sarah, two hit wonder. 
Okay. Colin. A couple of times. Yeah, mm-hmm. okay. Colin, a decent song and traded on reputation have placed way too high on your chart. Oh, no. Oh, Colin. Tough, it's our chart. <laughs> <laughs> but thanks for your feedback. Mm. Ian, big fan at the time, but on reflection, Helms has tracked far better than Squires and the album has aged terribly. <sighs> oh, I don't know if it's done that. Rough. Um, but I get that big fan at the time, but on reflection, because it does bring, it's more of a nostalgic album for we've, me. We've talked yeah. about that, yeah. Uh, Brian was excited when this album came out after the demise of the Stone Roses. I saw them in a small club in Cleveland and was mesmerised by Squire's guitar oh. prowess. But upon listening back to it today, I can't decide if it's cheesy or bland. Oh. That's where we landed with the whole bland thing. True. Emmanuel, a band I returned over and over with anthems I love to sing and play. Nice. Thank you. See? Boom. Mixed bag, right? Mixed bag. Okay, and I've put it out there. We're doing the Boo Radleys. So I can't wait to see what people say about the Boo Radleys. Am I allowed to contribute tomorrow? Of course you can. I don't want a half an hour monologue. Can I put it on Twitter? Can I set up like 10 accounts? (laughs) (laughs) All right. Crap, shit, awful, rubbish. Shall we get into this week's album? Go on then. Do you have any other homework? You good? No, that's it. Okay, good. good. We're about an hour in. Blue Tones, Expecting to Fly. Album cover is a peacock. It's a very... Iconic album cover of the Britpop era. Thank you. <laughs> uh, so Mark said this. It was a concept we came up with as a band. We wanted a peacock and the artwork because it was it was the juxtaposition of the image and the title because obviously peacocks can't fly and the album's called Expecting to Fly. Did you know that? Oh, it's beautiful. <laughs> it's already less. It's getting emotional. Alright, okay, so album title So Expecting to Fly is taken from A Buffalo Springfield song Do you know anything by Springfield? Buffalo Buffalo Springfield? No, and I read that a couple of times When I was doing my research Yeah, okay And I was like, I don't know what's going on here Released on 12th Feb 1996 This is their debut album What followed it? Return to the Last Chance Saloon in 1998 Which got to number 10 Which we will talk to in a bit the label was Superior Quality and A&M. Producer was Hugh Jones. Hugh, really long career. Worked with Simple Minds, Delamitri, The Saints. Uh, he's worked with In the Britpop, Gene, Revelation, Dodgy, Free Piece Sweet, and The Charlatans between 10th and 11th. Tracks, 53 minutes and 11 tracks. Went to number one. Yeah. Do you know what it knocked off? Mm-hmm. Mm. All right, how long What's was... What's a story, morning glory... Well, oh, maybe I should have put that on my guitar songs. Ah, uh, yeah. Okay, too late. How long was it in the chart? 31 weeks. Leslie, let's get into charts. Albums. Meatloaf, welcome to the neighbourhood at number 10. Oh, man. There is a famous clip out there of Meatloaf singing at the AFL Aussie Rules Grand Final. Have you seen it? No. It's horrendous. Uh, apparently, he couldn't hear the music. Um, through his little earphones And he couldn't hear it over the speakers So he just guessed when he should sing And he got it wrong It's it's legendary in Australia They bring it out all the time And those like top 100 worst bits of TV history It's always in there uh, Simply Red, Life at number 9 God, is that still kicking about? Well, that's Fairground So that yeah, that's going to be in the rock Number 8, Different Class by Pulp oh. Number 7, The Bends by Radiohead oh. Number six, the Saw Doctors, same old town. Did they have what was fiddly D? 
Is that it? No. Okay. Uh, jagged little pill. <laughs> Swearing. Yeah. Number four, the Mercury Prize winner's Bizarre Fruit by M People. I will never get my head around that. Never, never. Uh, number three, Don't Stop by Status Quo. Number two, What's a Story by Morning? What's a Story Morning Glory by Oasis? And number one, Expecting to Fly by the Blue Tones. If there was ever going to be an album that knocked off Oasis, I feel I'm okay with that. You're okay with that? Had it have been Don't Stop by Bloody Status Quo, <laughs> I'd had a meltdown. <laughs> down, down, prices are down. Is that the song? Yeah, it's the song. It's the advert. Number 10 in the singles chart. I want to be a hippie by Technohead. <laughs> I want to be a hippie and I want to get stoned on marijuana. I had that on CD single. You're out of your rage. <laughs> Number nine. I just want to make love to you, Etta James. Oh, I love Etta James. You know the song At Last? What's the song about? Ellen. Oh, it's that. Oh, that's lovely. My love's Okay. Uh, number eight, Hyper Ballad by Bjork. I don't like Bjork very much. What? Don't like her. What? Oh, I told you. I what? Like, I don't really like her. I don't, I tr- I tr- I've tried to listen to her and I just can't. Have it's, you listened to that song? It's not. I love that song. That song's. And that was my point. I really like that song. Bjork's not easy listening, is it? To your whole mantra, it's not. Something you've got to. Yeah, it is. Right. If I told you, I just really, really would love to see Bjork live. You have. You've said that you would swim a thousand miles. Or I would. Like that. You would. Yeah. Um, number seven, stereotypes by Blur. Number one. Uh, number six, One of Us by Joan Osborne. <gasps> what if God was, was one, one of us? us? God. Just a stranger on a bus. Trying to make his way home. Such a droll, that song, isn't it? What if God was one of us and he was on a bus? He wouldn't know. He'd be an Uber. He'd be in an Uber. God would be Five star. (laughs) Five star rate. He would. Do you think he would pick the most expensive Uber? Yeah, he'd probably get... You know, he can pick either UberX or Comfort. He'd probably pick Comfort. (laughs) (laughs) He's not going to pick Pool, is he? Uh, maybe oh I, no let's move on lifted by the lighthouse family god <laughs> let me in your uber <laughs> number four I got five on it by the loonies <gasps> oh, I, this I love this song I got five on it I might play that on Friday I was about to say I've got a, I've got a really good house remix of that actually that you just it, it's really housey and then all of a sudden it's just doo, doo, doo. I love it Number three, Children by Robert Miles. You have what to play that. Number two, Anything by 3T. 3T, that was Michael Jackson's cousins or something, wasn't it? Yeah. Let's go with that. Number one, Spaceman by Babylon Zoo. <laughs> <laughs> Spaceman, I always wanted you to go into space, man. And then it would go. No, I hated it. I hated that, was that bit. So weird that bit. Spaceman. So Babylon Zoo we haven't talked about before. Oh no. I had Animal Army on CD single. Why? I really liked Animal Army the song. It was in my like Spotify saved albums for a while, and I went, even that's too embarrassing for me. I've got to, I've got to take it out. Whatever happened to them? 
I don't know. Let's, we've got to find that out. All right, let's get into the blue tones. Two things I want to call out before we get into this, right? In full transparency, this usually what we do is we talk about a band with their full career and we sort of span it. We can't do that in this episode. Didn't kind of really think this one through. So we will specifically be talking about the blue tones and the run-up to this album. And you can read into that <laughs> what you will. But so obviously, obviously you know why now. So That's amazing news to me. <laughs> so we kind of hinted at it last week. It's no big surprise. But it's been a, it's been a real pain because... Anyway, we've had a good run of artists that we can cover the whole career. And now we're getting into the top 20. There's, there's a few artists that are in there a couple of times. Oh, is there? Yeah, a few. Yeah. Oh no. Oh no, Leslie. Um, so, secondly, uh, is, I want to call out the Blue Tones, not that they're listening to this, but anyway, they were the first ever band to respond to us. Yes, that's right. I was well excited. I know. So, we, um, when we were setting up this podcast, we're doing the, the intro. Um, and so we reached out to the Blue Tones to use the sample Solomon Bites the Worm in our intro. So, so we were sending out all these notifications to like bands that we look up to, and then you wake up. And I remember texting you the next day, and mm-hmm. Echo Belly and the Blue Tones had responded in the same night. Amazing. Uh, and so basically, we got a note the next morning. Kevin, it's Mark from the band here. Thanks for your email. I hereby grant full permission for you to sample Solomon Bites the Worm and to say cheers for getting in touch and sharing our music with your audience. Best of luck with the podcast, Mark. Kiss. How nice! Amazing! This is so nice, but we love Mark. Doesn't it sum up the blue tones? Like, doesn't it just. Because they're lovely. 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 Anyway, I just wanted to call it out. Thank you so much. Alright, so the blue tones originally called Bottle Garden. Thoughts on that name? Glad they changed it. Okay. So the Blue Tones were formed in Hounslow in England in 94. The group consisted of guitarist Adam Devlin, drummer, drummer Ed Chester, vocalist Mark Morris and his brother Scott who played bass. Ed himself was in a number of bands in the past including, I want to get your take on these names, Puppy Dogs from Hell. There's no such thing. Brando. Who? The name Brando for a band. Brando. As in Marlon Brando. Probably. Yeah, nah. Don't like that as a name? Nah. I thought it was quite good. Yeah. Soho. The band Soho. Oh, it just sounds like every crap nightclub that you go in and buy a cheap vodka in. <laughs> so not a fan of those? Nah. All right. The lads used to say that they were previously in a band called Vietnam, but that was complete rubbish. They made that up. Name Vietnam? No, okay. Why did they do that? No Did idea. you think that was funny? Did they think it was big and clever? <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. I get, I, oh, I get, maybe it's just a constant interview, you know, one reporter after another. You have to make some fun. And again, you would probably pick on some and make some stuff up and see if they print it. Yeah. Yeah? You would do it. 100%. <laughs> so would. You would do it. I'd be the one reading you back. I'd be like, Don't say that again. Yeah, you would. I would, yeah. Um, I'm like, you can't stop me. You just did it again. <laughs> Hi, is that The Guardian? Yeah, so... Uh... <laughs> As for why they're called the Blue Tones, lots of theories. In an interview with Ed for In a Blue Vein, the band said the Blue Tones was picked as it was just, quote, just our thing, ambiguous colour associated with music, and all we were after was some sort of classic name. 
However, an explanation is given again by Ed in an Australian interview. It came to Adam in a dream. I think he'd been watching Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure before he went to bed. Because, do you remember what the band were called in Bill and Ted? Have you ever seen Bill and Ted? I have. Is that the one the two clowns, one with the blonde hair? Clowns? So, they're making a third one. I mean, did you even know there was a second one? Bill and Ted. We've talked about it before. Remember I told you I had a wee crush on Jonah Ark? No. <laughs> Ago. Oh, there's a lot of water under the bridge, Ken. <laughs> I don't expect to take all that in. So apparently, um, Adam, he had a dream about this, and the, the band were called the Wild Stallions. That's a rubbish name as well. <laughs> he had a dream about the best band in the world, and they were called the Blue Tones, so the next day they picked the name the Blue Tones. Oh, do you think they'll just start it? Maybe. Yeah. However, this could be it. There's another one as well. It's worth noting that the Stone Roses, a major influence, were on Silver Tone Records. Also, Neil Young's backing band at one point were the Blue Notes. Neil Young was once in Buffalo Springfield, a band Mark cites as having a big effect on their music. That sounds probably it. Yeah. Right? Um, in an interview with Mark, Mark says, I guess the story starts with the moment I joined a band that had only two members, a guitarist and a singer. I came in as bass player and brought the drummer with me, but it became very clear that the existing guitarist was even worse than I was. So it made no sense for me to stay on the bass. My brother Scott and I shared a bedroom, so I'd leave guitars lying around and he'd pick them up when I wasn't there and he learned how to play. He came to rehearsal just out of curiosity and was only meant to stand in on bass until we got a proper bass player. But after about three rehearsals, it was apparent Scott was the best musician in the room. A bit later on, Adam, the lead guitarist, joined and we became the Blue Tones. What do you reckon? Do you... It must be harder. Do you think, okay, start in a band with a family member in it. Okay? Mm-hmm. Okay. Example being, you've got the Blue Tones, still very successful today. Two brothers, didn't fall it, right? Liam and Noel, odds, completely at odds. Do you think it's harder or easier? What would it be? Depending on the person, depending on the family. Do you think they have an advantage if it's a family member because you've known each other, you've grown each other? I think you would. There's more possibility of fireworks, because you you can be pretty brutal with your family because mm-hmm. it's family. Mm-hmm. So I think the Liam and Noel example of that. Because would you talk to like a random band player the way you talk to your family? No, you'd be a bit more polite. Mm, true. You'd probably be a bit more forgiving as well. I can imagine like. If it was your brother or your sister playing the bass and they made an arse of it, you'd be like, oh, you're rubbish. Yeah, true. You wouldn't say it to a random person. You'd probably go, oh, try that again. Yeah, and then on the flip side, so we just covered the seahorses, right? And they were sort of pulled together randomly, right? And they had no internal relationship at all. No. You know, and there was there was age gaps and nothing in common. So, uh, yeah. Like on the flip side, though, if you get on really well... It could be such an amazing experience because then you're sharing that with somebody that you genuinely love that's going to be in your life forever. Mm, that's a really nice way. Uh, you've talked about your brother. Yeah. Did you go into a band with your brother? How do you uh, think? I think there was about no chance that David would want to be seen anywhere near me. So he would be coming in with Enya, Enya's back catalogue. You'd be coming in Oasis. Yeah, it would be... Um, we did try it once. Did you? I didn't know this. So he plays the clarinet and he plays cello. And I play the guitar. So we tried to play songs on the clarinet and the guitar. (laughs) 
Sounded a bit like Seed Ensemble. (laughs) (laughs) Right. (laughs) Brilliant. I didn't know that. That's excellent. That's so much fun. All right. So, um... Mark also said this I mean we started the band because we saw the Stone Roses and when we came out of that gig with about 250 other people we were just like do you want to start a band? yeah I want to start a band tomorrow so one of their biggest influences is the Roses and just briefly while I remember I saw in in quite a few articles that they were the middle ground people see them as the middle ground between the Stone Roses and Oasis yep can I get your thoughts? the middle ground I don't think they sound anything like the Stone Roses. I 100% agree with you. Don't get that. I don't get it at but all. But they're not as raucous as an Oasis. No. So Definitely I can not. under... that. Yeah, I don't... I find it hard, and we'll talk about it because I've got some articles and things to talk about in terms of their thoughts around the Britpop era. Okay. But I found them very different to the others. Like, they're not... They don't have those... Um, in this album... They don't have those big hitting singles. They don't have those anthems. Mm-hmm. I mean, slight retirement. Every, but is that? A, it's not an anthem. Everybody knows it and they love it. But it's not like um, it's not like Wonderwall or it's not uh, t- like no top thumping is what. No, <laughs> but they're more of a. It's the same as Gene, but more of like a thinking man's Britpop. Okay, yeah, all right. Um, I find them And quite... we'll get into it in the tracks, but they are absolutely beautiful songwriters. This album, in terms of songwriting, mm-hmm. is exceptional. It's not trying to make a three-minute pop, Britpop track with a hook and a, you know, and a bridge and a chorus and everybody's going to sing along to it and yeah. wave their arms and have a pint of Stella. Mm-hmm. It's not that. You are bang on. This is far more um, subdued. Yeah. Um, more artistic, more that they're they're a deeper band. Yeah, I agree. And so I struggle sometimes with, um, and I'll talk. Uh, I might lead into it now, but they're not. I struggle. I get that they're in the Britpop era, but they don't really fit that mold at times. Yes. Um, I totally agree with certainly you. Certainly, the second album doesn't. <laughs> Nowhere near. Um, and so. And they think that too, right? So I've got this couple of quotes from them. So Mark got interviewed um, for um, Louder Than Sound and he said, you know, you." he goes to say that he feels, like Mark feels he's more of a songwriter like Paul Heaton, who's the guy from um, Beautiful South. Okay. And um, the journalist asks him, saying, look, that's an interesting comparison um, because I've actually always thought you were more like him more than the Britpop contemporaries you get lumped with. Oh. And Mark went, well, actually, it's strange. Throughout our career, the band, and to an extent, me on my own, there's a thing that because of that Britpop tag, people assume that's what we are without really listening that closely or listening at all. People hear the name The Blue Tones and they automatically think of a slew of other bands. Oh, they're one of them. I never thought we were. We never thought we were. I never thought we were laddie or anthemic or air punchy like a lot of those groups. I'm not being negative towards them, but we felt very much apart from them. Mm. It was very frustrating at the time, even on the way up, when it was doing us favours. We weren't like that. We're just a British pop band. Britpop is something other. It was Loaded Magazine and Football Shirts and Girls. Mm -hmm. It was never really us. We were always a little more plaintive and a little more delicate sounding. 
Yeah, it's funny you mention that. I, I... Gets interesting. Okay. So then, to my point about Gene, mm-hmm. he said, every former Britpop musician I've interviewed says something similar. So Martin Rossiter said the same thing. Gaz Coombs said the same thing. You know how I've been saying that? Like, it's hard to find a band who will own the Britpop and mm-hmm. go, yeah, he loved it. Yeah. And then Mark went, I can understand why those two would say it. I, I always put Supergrass apart from everyone else as well. And Gene... They weren't a Britpop band. Mm. Everyone got tarred with this brush. With your casts and your Shed Sevens and your Northern Uproars. Mm. I'd have put us and Gene and Supergrass apart from all of that. It's not as if we were all at one big party together. It's not as if we're hanging out or swapping ideas. There were no cross-pollination at all. There were just young men in guitar bands like everyone who wielded a guitar in 1978 was punk. Wasn't they? Mmm. He's right. Like, they're not... Oh, there was... Oh, I'm trying to think the right word. They're not... Okay, Mark is not your Cagoule-wearing, Liam Gallagher... He's, he's not. He's a cardigan-wearing, yep. well-dressed, conservative, yep. quite quiet guy. Yep. Um, he's not laddish at all. No. And even when you listen to the... Ba- like, I was listening to the album on the way here. And to your point, it's a, it's a great... It's a good album, and but it's an easy listen. Like it almost, oh, yeah. like it, it just, it sort of like to your point. There's no anthems, but there's nothing that's sort of that punch to the face of that Britpop era, and maybe that's why people look to them because they wanted something a bit different. Yeah. Now, I can't wait for us to eventually talk about the next album because it is so far off any sort of spectrum that we've been discussing. It's it's going to be interesting. But um, what else you got? So on your cardigan wearing thing, so he goes on, like, the most annoying enemy review of a Blue Tones record I can remember was reading which described you as cardigan wearing. If you're going to refer to any Blue Tones album as cosy, it wouldn't be that one. So the album Luxembourg. Um, okay. And he said, do you still think that's a stigma you still get? And he said, I think it's a trait in journalism. People review the artist and not the music. That's always happened, hasn't it? The number of reviews I get even now that still say ex-Britpopper... I'm just effing numb to it now. Mm. There's no point getting me annoyed. It would be foolish. Run against the tidal wave of indifference. I can't complain. I got invited on the Shed 7 tour. I didn't have to do that, did I? But I thought, fuck it, it's a chance to play in a load of people. But I know a lot of people are going, oh, it's a Britpop, Britpop bloke. I just had to get a thick skin or not do the tour. I can't have it both ways. True. And we've talked about that, right? Yeah. So... He At either, least he, he sees it. Like, he says it as it is, right? He's not criticising Britpop, but I get what he's saying. He, Supergrass, I'm, uh, I don't... Yeah, no. They're he, closer to Britpop, but I think I get it. I feel like Blue Tones and Jean, Echo so, Belly to a degree, they're more of that... I mean, if you, it's really funny, right? Because if you, like, Shine Weekender in the UK is coming up, right? With an amazing lineup of of bands... And if, if if you're so anti-Britpop, mm-hmm. right, you are alienating a whole bunch of, of your fans, yep. potential concerts, revenue, like it just... So I cannot understand, I don't necessarily feel they're in uh, the epitome of the all-time Britpop bands that you would have up. It's probably that A, B, C team, you know what I mean? Like the influencers versus what you would actually depict 100% as Britpop. Yep. But I do, I do feel that they're part of that because of that time in our lives. 
and I wouldn't put them in into any other genre or not genre but type of, of, of music for that time but a lot of time we talk about Britpop it gets defined by years not by music style correct right so even correct and that's the thing oh between this year and that year it's not because it's got this kind of guitar or like you would you could classify country western because it's got like a slide guitar so okay forget Britpop how would you define that music right now I would define it as indie yeah exactly I, I, I would define I would it all as indie, and that's why I think at the very beginning we changed the whole mm-hmm. concept of what we were actually going to talk about because it's yeah, um, yeah. It's I feel like it's a really interesting one because I don't know why this whole like you read this this loaded magazine, you know, beers, girls, that whole type of thing. I don't really think a lot of the albums that we've been reviewing give me that feeling. Okay. I get the Oasis, right? The swagger on them. They were outrageous. Yeah, okay. Get that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But let's just think of the bands that we've covered so far. Yeah. Like Cast, they weren't really like that. No. Like I'm trying to think about... Like Blur neither. Like Blur were very... They were very conservative. So I just... I get it. But then I go... There was a lot more to this scene. I think... I think people don't give it... The credit it deserves if you're just going to put it in the bracket of like, oh, Loaded Magazine and Cans of Lager and Anthems and stuff. Because I think there's a lot more to it. Are we still like, we are doing a podcast on it, loads of people talk about it. That BBC interview, they did tons on it. It still has a place. So if it was just about Anthems and Loaded Magazine, we'd be past it by now. Okay. If it hadn't have been part of the Britpop scene, right? This album came and you know, 2004 or whatever, whatever it is, do you think it still would have got the attention? Oh, no. So if it was... So I understand, you know, people may be saying it's not part of the Britpop movement, but if you took the album out of the Britpop movement, would it still stand up? For me, it would, but it... Probably wouldn't. For me, it would, because I love this album, but what I'm saying... But I don't know if it would... It wouldn't have been heard. That's exactly it. So, like... We may have listened to it because we kind of like digging into new different types of music yeah. by the average person who just... Yeah. Because Britpop was such... Was so in the mainstream that indie music and guitar bands was the thing of the day. The front, yeah. Anytime there was a new band that came out, yeah. I bet they got the publicity, they'd get yeah. interviewed, they'd be NME, they'd be top of the pops, they'd TFI. be the whole thing. Yeah. Um, so then it just raises your profile. If they were to release that album now... Are they going to get played over Taylor Swift? Don't think so. Hmm. All right, shall we get back to the start and how they actually got the brick? What else yeah, you got? Yeah, it would be lovely. Okay, cool. So they went through uh, a label called Fierce Panda Records, who also, Kaniki Embrace and Coldplay, released one-off EPs through oh, them. Right. Yeah. The Blue Tones popped up with number 11 in the charts with Blue Tonic. Okay. Uh, a label, Lovely. a track from the label's third batch of a compilation seven-inch EPs titled "Return to Splendor" in 1994. The following Feb, an unofficial blue vinyl platter on their own superior quality recordings, "Slight Return," sold out at gigs. Pause. Can you imagine a limited edition blue vinyl of "Slight Return"? Oh, how much money would that be worth now? It'd be amazing. Maybe ADL can go and look for it because he's good at that. He's good. Yeah, Aid, Aid, if you can pick us up that, that'd be amazing. 
so this got the attention of A&M and they released Are You Blue or Are You Blind which got to number 31 followed by Blue Tonic at number 19 but it was Slight Return that, that really got mm-hmm. the, the cut through right it got to number 2 and it was uh, the Babylon Zoo song that kept it off <laughs> I remember their Top of the Pops performance, Babylon Zoo's. I know we keep coming back to them, but it was really weird. Speaking of weird, Mark, that was quite a strange time. We went from being four mates who were gigging and writing, four idiots who really have had given up everything to do this and could barely get by financially, to suddenly doing well in the charts and everything that went with it. When we started out, there was always a part of you that hopes that you succeed, which is just natural, but I suppose another part really never thinks it will happen. When it did, the whole thing was just really odd. It cuts both ways, really. It was a big and popular thing, helped to raise our profile, but increasingly we began to find it restrictive. People mentally pigeonholed us because of the association with that scene. Mm -hmm. We always thought of ourselves as just a band, but as soon as Britpop came into the equation, it all became something else. So you're right. You're absolutely right. They did get pigeonholed. So I don't think it did them any... Service like I think helped them sell, sell records, I'd assume. Yeah, oh, yeah, definitely. Um, enemy, what do you think they gave this album? Oh, you never know because some 10 out of 10 masterpiece or 2 out of 10, it's garbage. I reckon they gave it an 8 out of 10. They gave it an 8 out of 10, yeah. well done. And sure, so this is enemy. And sure enough, the first sound you hear before the songs of bitter love, the bold statements of identity, and the gr- sound of a group searching for something entirely new. Before the journey really starts at all is the sound of an airplane passing over the blue tones, Hounslow Home. Oh, they know where they came from, all right, and they know where they belong. So the Enemy review is, is it's really long, but it's a beautiful piece of writing from the Enemy. It's actually really nice. And they nailed it because they talk about the fact that the blue tones have found a great niche and they're mm-hmm. about to go off into bigger and better things. Um, I'm going to pause Ooh. and I'm going to get into the tracks and the reason I'm going to pause is because normally I would talk about the next album and I just can't do it. Why is that, Kev? Can't tell you, Liz. Shall we get into Do you not singles? like the next album? Love the next album. And I can't wait to get other people's feedback on that. Right. Shall we get into the singles? What else have you got? Um, I'll save it for the next time we appear to be talking about the blue tones. Maybe, maybe, maybe well, not. Maybe I'm just lazy on my research and I haven't done anything else. I doubt it. You can't <laughs> help yourself. <laughs> uh, so first, Blue Tonic got to number 19, 14th of October 95. The video starts off with a bag dropping from a window with the band all in disguises. They grab the bag and run. The video's a bit weird. It kind of feels like a bit of a heist um, where they all sort of try and chase the bag. A bit weird. Slight Return got to number two in the 3rd of Feb 96 did it get that high in the singles chart yeah that's what I'm saying it didn't get there because I bought the <coughs> Babylon Zoo um, do you remember the video Slight Return I watched it and I went oh my god I remember seeing this so many times has it got a TV in it no what's on with the TV uh, is that Cuts and Rug there's one when they've got uh, you're kind of close to Cuts and Rug but Slight Return Mark is sitting in a room it looks like a, a school building and he gets up from the table, looks into another room, and the band are playing. So Mark is seeing Mark play with, with the Blue Tones. And Mark does this awesome little two-step shuffle. It's amazing. Um, and then Mark runs out of the building, and as he's running through the streets, people are following him and chasing him, and all different kinds of, of, of people basically collecting. 
and then he sort of does a big loop and runs back into the to the school, sees himself playing, and goes back into the room and sits down. It's iconic. You'd recognise it. If you yeah. see it. Really good video. Cut some rug number seven, eleventh of May '96. I think this is the one you are thinking about. The band playing a, a laundrette, and a guy walks off the street. So they're playing in the back room of a laundrette. It's very small. Guy walks in off the street. Climbs into one of the washing machines. That's it. And turns it on. Yes, that's what I'm thinking. It was like in a TV, I thought, but it's a washing machine. Do you remember the parental advisory over the top of it? No. No, so they must have done that after. So I'm watching the video, I'm like, wait, he's climbed into a washing machine. Big, massive parental advisory over the top of it, so you can barely see what's happening, but essentially he climbs in, turns the washing machine on, and then people are like trying, see what's happening, and try and clamber in, like try and open the door, and there's all these people getting worried and frantically... And they have to wait until the spin cycle ends. And eventually he comes out and he's all happy. And he's a different person. Like, he's much happier than when he came went in. It's, it's a brilliant video. But the massive parental advisory got me. Marblehead Johnson, number 7. 28th of September, 1996. The band all play in this sort of uh, cabin, lodge place, in fat suits. Through the whole thing. Now, I've got great video. Is it a bit offensive? Thoughts? So the whole video, they're just all playing in fat suits and doing activities in fat suits. Is it offensive? Um, nah. <laughs> <laughs> Leslie says no. Good stuff. Oh, because I think it's not... Because they're over, like, it's not like they're a little bit overweight suits. This is, like, stupid. Yeah, it's big. Yeah, yeah. so it's just nah. Nah, you're fine with it? Yeah. All right, okay, cool. Shall we get into the tracks? Go on then. <laughs> Talking to Clary. So, I had... Because I love this song. I love the intro. I should have had that as an intro. Great intro. Me too. But it doesn't fit my criteria. It's not a punch to the face. It would have fitted my criteria. But yeah. Yeah. Great song. Should it be the song that starts the album? Okay. My answer is no. Oh, really? I like this. I oh, I really like it. I like it a lot. But what would you have opened the album with then? Cut some rug. Straight in. Ooh, I mean, yeah, you're straight in there. There's no Is it way... too soon? Yeah, it's too soon. You're not fitting my introduction criteria. You can't put the big hair up front. Um, can you sing it? No. Okay. Um, this is where the lyrics... So I'm not going to sing... The... I can't sing any of these, but the lyrics... And this is where you talked about it. So I'm doing my research, I'm looking into the lyrics and on, and the writing by the Blue Tones is just, it's gorgeous. Yeah. Like really personal, great writing. Mm. This one, I don't have to be feeling down to speak of you, but I'll visit you not only when I'm feeling blue. You make me happy when I was happy to start with. You make my life so precious and so easy to part with. Oh, I know. I, did, I had no idea it was this, it was this lovely. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, playing it? Aye. Blue Tonic. Great song. Brilliant. What do you like about it? Do you not like this song? No, I do. I do. Oh, I'm just... right. I thought you were no, like, no, no, I do. looking at me like, you mental. No. Um, it's very hard to pick up any of these songs. I don't really know what I'm going to say. 
like it's hard because I mean I can tell you all the same thing like the lyrics and the music and the vocals and I feel like I'll just say the same thing for 11 times yeah okay um, I'm with you on this it's tough this is hard because usually it's like oh amazing and then that was rubbish and this is amazing and that's not so good I think it's more about how I'm going to have to talk about these tracks are the ones that I love more okay good so Blue Tonic is not one of the ones I love more mm-hmm. but I think it's a it's a good second song Okay. I'm settled in. Yeah, okay. Yeah, That's right. what I need the punch in the face first that I usually settle in. But I'm settled in with Blue Tonic. Okay. Uh, the song uses some lyrics extracted from a poem called Celia Celia, written by Adrian Mitchell. To avoid any problems, the band decided to credit Adrian as the author for the single. For those interested, here's a bit of the poem. Uh, so this is Celia Celia. When I am sad and weary, when I think all hope is gone, when I walk around High Holborn... I think of you with nothing on. That's just clever, isn't it? Just brilliant writing. Um, originally, Blue Tonic was titled number 11. In fact, it was released under this title on the ultra-collectible Fierce Panda 7-inch, uh, which we talked about, Return to Splendor. The reason it's called number 11, because it was supposed to... It was it was the 11th track the band wrote. All right. Must have been struggling for names. Uh, playing it? some rug <laughs> who doesn't love this one it's a good one isn't it I just want to cut some rug what does cut some rug mean dance yeah I didn't know that oh what <laughs> yes Blitzkrieg what's that you can talk to me anytime but I, I just want to cut some rug it was uh, a um, bombing so uh, German planes well, yes. So Blitzkrieg is a military tactic around yeah. shock and disorganisation through speed and surprise. Yeah. Okay. Doodlebug? It's like a car. No. No. What is it? It's a flying bomb used in World War Two. Was it? Yes. So wait, what did you think Blitzkrieg and cars had to do? I didn't know. I just used to say it. <laughs> <laughs> You're Blitzkrieg thinking... and the Doodlebug. And I'm like, oh, maybe it's a German car. Right. You okay. can talk to me anytime, but I just want to... Well, you've been singing that well, so let's just play it. Yeah. Things change. They do, Kev. <laughs> You get more grey hair, yeah. more wrinkles. Says you. <laughs> no, no, I can't. I'm get, look at that, it's bad. Eh? Yeah, at least I dye mine. I can't. With the silver fox look. Oh, <laughs> 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 oh God, that's made my day. Can't oh, wait for that. Shut up. Right. Um, oh, I'm not a huge fan of this, actually. If there was one that I was going to... It's a wee bit of a come down. Okay. I've got to like this song. Nice little build up and brings you in. The drums are excellent. The guitar solo at the three minute mark yes. is, is really good. Um, they have I've, a very distinctive guitar sound. It's they all do. The way through, yeah. And one thing I appreciated through listening this 
is the great guitar work. It's it's about I don't know what it is, but it's a unique sound. Yeah. It's like a pedal, or it's I don't know what it is, but it's a very blue tones sound. Correct. And all of the tracks has it the whole way through. It's yeah. like a theme. Yeah. Um, how will you ever learn when your hands are tied and your bridges burned? When will you get to see that your only option lies with me? Must you be kicked right down, ripped from limb, taught to drown, but taught to swim? It's just great, great writing. Mm. You said you didn't want to play this earlier. I want to play it. Um, I disagree. All right, I'm not playing it then. The Fountainhead. Oh, you don't. You're doing like a shake. I'm sorry because that's what makes me do. What do you mean? Don't you shake? No, not like that. Do when you, you think of that song, what do you do? Uh, I guess I guess I kind of do. I do a little See? shimmy. Yeah, I do a little shimmy. You're right. Um, all right, what do you think of it? Not love it. Just give it a wee. Gives it a wee shake. Yeah, it's all right. Yeah. All right, the track is named after a 1943 Anne, Anne Rand novel of the same name. Um, great lyrics again. What can I say about being profound? It's a game that we play, goes round and round. I shall stick to the rules, but I won't suffer fools, and I won't lose the plot, and I won't lose my cool. <sighs> Just really good. Found a head playing it. Can't be trusted. Not can't, can't. Can't. Be careful how you say that. What do you think of this? Oh. Um, Alright, I've gone again, good track, nice guitar work on this. I really like the last 30 minutes and the way that it actually ends. 30 minutes? 30 seconds. Good pickup. Thanks. 30 seconds. Um, sometimes I stop to question it all must I look at the stars and live in the dark when all I have is to show for my doubt is a blow to the lip and some blood on my shirt do you like this? you like it but it's not good enough to play I'm getting yeah okay cool moving into you know it's funny you said that this is not an album of anthems yet I was about to say it's a Britpop anthem and probably Mark doesn't want that either but and we said it on the and it is because I think about that era. I think about this track. It's a standard. When I say anthem, so let's just define. So, slight return is a. It's not a stadium anthem. I think you mean. That's what when I think of anthem, I think about like those like, yeah, like stadium. Type yeah, yeah, anthem. big big songs. Yeah, but this is completely. Um, you think of that time. You think of that track. Yeah, I agree. I so you can't think, leave it out. No, it's not anthemic, but it's a song that would sum up that time. Yeah, exactly. It's one of the best songs. How do you feel about it? Still holds up. Hundred percent. It does hold up. Eh? So well. So well. Um, do you want to sing it? Not really. You haven't sang. No, oh, do you want me to sing it? Because I like it when you sing the lyrics. Because it just feels weird me reading it out. But it's hard to get it in my head. Where did you go? When things go wrong for you, when the noise came out for you, where did you go? All you need was a friend, you just have to ask a man. You don't have to have fascination, you got to understand the problem, and don't go up before America. All this could fade away, and I'm going down. Cool. Cool. Playing it. I always think I don't want to sing and then I do. Yeah, I think it makes it. I yeah. want you to sing. All right. 
putting out fires. <sighs> this is one of my favourite songs. Really? This is the best song on the album. Your favourite songs by the Blue Tones, or would it make one of your top? It would make my top Britpop songs. Wow. What this is, is it? the best what song is it? on the Why? album. This is stunning. Okay. This is an absolutely beautiful piece of music and a beautiful piece of writing. Oh. Don't you just think this song is stunning? The way it starts off, it starts off so... Like, really, really slow. Um, it's just so sad. It is really, really sad. It's, you're absolutely right. The writing on this is just gorgeous. If we put our heads together, I think we can salvage it. It kills me. If we ride the stormy weather, will we really benefit? Is there anything left to save me? <laughs> when you near my heart beats quicker, faster, it's your skin as pale as I'm the monster. It has to be, it has to end. Losing a lover, gaining Gain a friend. That's great writing, right? <laughs> Leslie was almost in tears there. I Bloody hell. It's okay, cause Playing it. Vampire. Love vampire. What? Really? Yeah. What have I forgot? Well, you told me not to edit I it, forgot. so I haven't. So I'm not playing it. But what is so I've I've I forgot because it's got a really catchy chorus. I forgot about. Really it. enjoy the chorus. I know here. it's weird. I don't know why I didn't tell you that. You did, yeah. But you well because we're basically we're playing quite a bit of the album, so I would like you to play that. No. Please. Okay. Thanks. The chorus, play the chorus. A parting gesture. Oh, it's a wee bit. I feel like I have been on a like slight return putting out fires, vampire. Yep. I'll just take a wee, just a wee. We step down there. Okay. If you go away then, don't you come back round here no more. And if you make the move then, don't expect to come home to an open door. I'm not the per- same person I was a year ago. You cut me deeply and the scars still show. I mean, jeez. Oh. oh. So good. So good. Last track, time and again. Okay. <laughs> Is this a final hurrah? Mm, no. Could have, could they have ended the album better? Ooh. Hmm. And here's the trouble. I think if you got a hurrah, I think it'd feel a little bit out of place. Mm-hmm. No, don't give me that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but you, you've got to... Why's that, Kev? No, no, no. Just Because you can't have a... You know, one size fits all approach. <laughs> I see you've tried to catch me there. I'm just saying it would have felt out of place, that's all. Um, it's not a hurrah, it's good, but not great. I really do enjoy the rundown to the end of the song, but it's not a belter. No, it's not. 
But it's it's quite a good track, though, and we'll play it to take out the podcast. What do you I think about it? I wonder if they finished the album with putting out fires. That could work. That could work. Because it's the best song on the album, I think. Bit late now, but oh. good hindsight. Maybe I'll reply to Mark and see if he can... Get him on him. Change Get- it. <laughs> <laughs> bit late, but I just want to give you a bit of feedback around yeah. expecting to fly. Yeah. Some constructive feedback, Mark. Right. Let's get into reviews, all right? And let's get on out of here. Grampus! Oh, he's been... Where has he been? <laughs> Where's he been hiding? Where's Grampus been? Three out of five for old Grampus, oh, which is... which is quite good for Which him. is pretty good. It's like a five out of five. He's harder than me. The blue tones remind me an awful lot of Shed 7. Nothing... Oh, no. Wait a hell. <laughs> Nothing to do with the music, mind... It's just that whatever product they put out there, they must know it's going to be knocked from here till Sunday. The fact they continue to this day is testament to their sheer bloody-mindedness as much as the strength of their artistic temperament. I think the problem lies with the material the band released before expecting to fly. Then they were being touted as the natural successors to their heroes, the Stone Roses. When the album emerged as more jangle than jungle, the sound of the knives being sharpened could be heard clear across, across the country. So whilst the blue tones could never be accused of being innovative, any negative review is likely to be based on vindictiveness as much as reason. What ifs? He's basically, he goes on, you know Grampus, he goes on for half an hour. But then he's basically said, Expecting to Fly is one of those albums that's a pleasure to listen to, but then becomes immediately anonymous. It's really weird, Grampus. He slags it off and then he ends with something quite positive. But he's got a point there. Does he? The Anonymous? Oh no. I think this is something that you've just hit into. Because I've always struggled. This is, he's actually got a point. You put this album on. Yeah. And then you love it. Yep. But then you forget about it. Yep. Because it doesn't have that... Look, it's even sometimes hard. Like when you said, can you sing them? It's hard to even get the song in your head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was thinking the same thing while we were doing the lyrics. Whereas other songs or other albums, you like, you you've got back. the tune in your head. Yeah. Like I've listened to Putting Out Fires like, thousands of times. Yeah. But it's hard because it doesn't stick in your head. It didn't conjure back into your head. No, you something you read the lyrics, you can then bring it back, but it was difficult. Oh, no. You and Grampus, eh? Who saw that coming? David O'Brien, best debut I have ever heard, period. Five out of five. Shut up. Alas, the Blue Tones never reached the dizzy heights again despite some fo- good follow-up albums. If you're unfamiliar with the work of Arsene, seek them out. Adam Devlin will one day be considered one of the best British guitarists of his era, as good as a Johnny Marr or a John Squire. Mark Morris is an excellent vocalist with a lovely high tenor voice, ideally suited to his material. The bass player and drummer are no less excellent. For young boys to write and record such a high level on their debut album is remarkable. Do yourself a favour and get this album. Quick thoughts? Uh, not the best debut album of all time, but everything else I agree with. What's the best debut album of all time? Come on. <laughs> Rockspin, 5 out of 5. With the ex- exception of Morning Glory, by far the best album to come out of the mid-90s Britpop explosion. This album blew me away when I was 11 and just finding out my musical taste, and it still does to this day. Long live the tones. Aww. Lovely. Have you ever seen them live? No. I was thinking about this, and I'm sure I've seen them, and I couldn't remember where. I haven't. I'm sure I haven't. 
I'd like to see them. Still I'd love to, to see them. Yeah, I'd love to. Um, they are actually touring the UK at the moment through October and November. So I would absolutely love to go and see them. What do you think you gave this album? Seven. Eight. Oh, yeah. Oh, I'm so happy. Why? Because usually I'd... Underrate it? Yeah. Do you think it's an eight? Yeah. Okay. I gave it an eight too. Do you? What would you change it? I don't know. I don't know. I really enjoy the album, but an eight feels a bit strong for it. But I'm a bit nice in my... I'm comfortable with it. I was actually when I said seven there, I was like, oh, "But you gave it a seven. You really like this album, though. Um, like a lot. Yeah. Okay. It's solid. It's a solid. Solid. Album. Solid album is a great way to sum it up. So the Blue Tones band. Great website. They got some awesome merch. Like the Blue Tones know their merch. They're really, they're really good. So go and buy some stuff on them. Twitter. They're at the Blue Tones. The album of this. There is a twentieth anniversary version. B-sides, demos, live, etc. So if you love this album, go out and buy the, the 20th anniversary. Are you ready for number 16, Leslie? Oh, nearly in the top 15. Mental. Number 16. Number 16. I obviously like this album, though, because there's not really any now I'm not going to like, is there? Uh, I'll give you a hint. Uh, if you were emotional at this album, you're 100% going to be emotional at the next one. Oh, no. An icon. Singular, uh, this artist, 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 long serving British musical icon, multiple journeys. But Paul Weller, yeah, there you go. And yeah, we're in trouble now. It better not be Stanley Road. It's not Stanley Road, Wildwood. It's Wildwood. Oh my god. <laughs> And I miss you so Darling I miss you so Cue Leslie getting emotional for two hours next week You At the foot of the mountain And Wildwood High tide Mid-afternoon People fly by In the traffic zoom Going <laughs> Just where you're going Getting to where you, you love Paul Weller, you still love Paul Weller. So, we may have a very similar process to what we've gone through today with the Blue Tones. So, apologies to everyone who is listening and expecting us to cover the full career, we just can't do that. <gasps> just a heads up, it's a disclaimer for next week. So, next week, number 16, Paul Weller, Wildwood. <sighs> it's a bit pop. Oh, don't even. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's such a, an incredible album. Okay. Like, just amazing. I know. His voice and the guitar. Like, so, it's just his use of acoustic guitar. I know it's not the episode, but the use, the way he does that is uh, that. I'll tell you what I'm looking forward to discussing with you. And what I would love for you to do is is homework around pre this album, the jam, yep, and the style council, yep. So we will discuss a bit of of Paul Weller before this album, and I can't wait to get your thoughts on those because I just I like the jam, yeah, style okay. council, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, okay, we're done. Yeah, let's get out of here. If you want to get in touch with us, you've got the email address britpopbanter at gmail.com or Facebook and Twitter at Britpop Banter. 
Thank you so much for listening, everyone. We will see you next week. Bye. Bye.